Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by MUBI, the online streaming cinema. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. back ladies and gentlemen to a brand new episode of the film stage show the movie review podcast for the filmstage.com as always i am your host brian j rowan with me today we have michael snydell hello you, you gotta tell me the theme here with your song <laughs> you may find yourself in a beautiful house okay right? All right, and then fine. you say like this is not my beautiful house this is not like come on man this is so easy god Bill All right. All right. Uh, I would like to be introduced as Graham Bill. Thank you. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Starting off on a real strong foot. Oh, we, we no. We also have Carol Grant. Hey, it's me. It me, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need to ask you. My, my music selection was pretty obvious, right? Like, you got it. I kind of got it. Like, what? <laughs> like, I was... It was on the tip of my tongue, and then you said it out loud, and I was like, oh, I was going to say that if I had five more minutes to think about it. So, in a way, I'm pretty right. Yeah, you you were very close to being right. And there is no way anyone can disprove that. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Fantastic. We are here today to talk about Parasite, the movie by Charles Band, starring Demi Moore from 1982. Oh, baby. <laughs> Yikes. A real banger we got this, this week. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, I had never heard of this movie before, and then it showed up on IMDb when I was actually looking for the, our actual movie, which is Parasite by Bong Joon-ho. And um, I'm just going to read... I'm just going to read this summary from IMDb for 1982's Parasite. Paul Dean Please. has created a deadly parasite that is now attached to his stomach... He and his female companion, Patricia Wells, must find a way to destroy it while also trying to avoid Rickus, his rednecks, and an evil government agent named Merchant. What? That sounds pretty rad, actually. Right. <laughs> if where, where can we see this? We should do this as a classic episode. <laughs> <laughs> New classic episode, right after The Mask of Zorro. Oh, man. Anyway, um, no, we are here to talk about Parasite, the Cannes Palme d'Or winning film by Bong Joon-ho, uh, co-written by Bong Joon-ho and Jin Wuhan. Um, before we get into that, the usual stuff, uh, well, actually, Carol Grant, why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself by means of introduction? Oh, well, uh, I'm a film writer. You've probably read me on IndieWire's Bent Blog or Vice or Waypoint.Vice or recently uh, Lil White Lies. And uh, I also screenwrite. And that's just sort of a general thing. And if you ever like see a movie that has my name on it, please don't review it on this show. <laughs> <laughs> no promises. Um... <laughs> Fair enough. You had a tweet that went viral recently, didn't you? Carol goes viral a lot. Oh, <laughs> wow. You okay. may need to be more specific. I can't remember. It was about some stupid movie that I'm pretty sure I didn't like. Was it? 
I think you're referring to Joker because I remember that one got super fucking viral. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, I just was... let's not talk about Joker anymore. <laughs> yes, I agree. Whole episode into a thing about Joker. No. <sighs> Um, yes. So, uh, beyond that, find us on Twitter at Film Stage Show, Facebook, The Film Stage Show, email us podcast at filmstage.com. Uh, we had an email today from someone who just wanted to say that they liked our show and they listened to our Nightingale episode. And, uh, yeah, and we wrote back and they were surprised to find that we did that, but we do. So, if you ever want to tell yes, us and, how good and we're we doing. were CC'd, so <laughs> she, she was very surprised that all of us were on that email. That she was like, Holy shit, it's all of you. Um, I have not written back as of yet. I will attempt to do that. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. D- d- should we say at least where she's from? It's like she gave an address, obviously. But I think it's pretty amazing to find out that we have listeners in a in a place. I, I, Michael, why, why don't you just say where that? she's from? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Spoiler Please. alert. Come on, Michael. Wow. Yeah. She's, she's from Uganda. So we have listeners from Uganda, which is truly amazing. And I hope I didn't uh, make her embarrassed or now shouting her out. But seriously, thank you for the email. We have literally That's the awesome. only bit of personal information we've given is that she is a she and she lives in Uganda. <laughs> I don't think we've narrowed the field that much. Um, Brian, don't say her I full mean, name. Definitely, definitely na- narrowed it down by being a listener of us. So yeah, it's true. The the one person on earth. Um, Look also, for the one wearing I wanted the t-shirt, <laughs> the film stage t-shirt. Um, we had like an idea for a t-shirt, and I can't remember what it was, but it had something to do with my constant food metaphors. Um. I will also say, though, that that writer uh, said we should cover more African cinema, and we agreed and solicited some uh, ideas for maybe classic reviews. So if you are out in the world and feel that we are not representing your cinema that well, uh, write us. Let us know what we should check out, and maybe we'll cover it in a classic review. I promise we're we're nicer in email than we are on a podcast. <laughs> the second the record light goes on, I just become a real asshole. <laughs> Yep, yep. We're all compensating for the fact that as soon as we hear our voices back to us, we immediately regret it. <laughs> Just shrivel up. Where where even am I in terms of doing the front matter? Have I said to review us on iTunes? Uh, no. Not yet. Okay, great. Uh, find us on iTunes. Give us a comment and a rating. And, uh, of course, patreon.com slash show for as little as $1 an episode. You could become a member of our super cool Slack channel where we talk about all kinds of stuff and uh, get first crack at our movie related raffles and stuff like that. Um, what was I going to say beyond that? Oh, we're also brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema, where every day their curators bring you a brand new film to watch and enjoy. Some of the stuff that is on there right now, Opera by Dario Argento. Ooh. This is part of Dario Argento's Bloody October. Just in time for Halloween. Some great stuff by the Giallo Master. We also previously talked about Inferno, which is part of the Three Mothers trilogy. And uh, Is this before Denzember comes and just takes over movie? Yes. <laughs> it's Denz. Yeah, it is Denzember. It's all of November and December yeah, are uh, all about Denzel Washington. <laughs> we will f- we got to do Man on Fire. We got to yeah. do the preachers, the bishop's wife, the preacher's season. <laughs> John Q <laughs> cannot wait to do John Q. E from a uh, 
entourage is in that. Of course he is. I'm pretty oh sure my. he's like a nurse or something. <laughs> oh, boy. What a didactic movie. Uh, anyway, that's not presently on movie. <laughs> they do have the movie uh, Men Go to Battle. The story of Francis and Henry Mellon, two brothers struggling to hold their crumbling estate together outside a small Kentucky town in the fall of 1861. All that and more presently on MUBI. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Again, that is mubi.com slash filmstage. And uh, yeah, I think that's all there is. Unless anyone else has anything to say before we get into our uh, feature review. I mean, if you really want me to, I, I can I can keep going on tangents, but it's okay. You're great at it. <laughs> I, I mean, I know we just we missed you after your one week that you were gone, Brian. <laughs> yeah, after uh, after never having missed an episode this year, I missed two. Um, I blame it on uh, just terrible things happening in my life, <laughs> and hopefully it never happens again because I legitimately don't think Michael can handle it. <laughs> Nope, I definitely can't. <laughs> I could feel your panic attack when I said, like, you did this before. You can just record without me. And you're like, did I? <laughs> I don't remember how. Uh, but I'm back. Yes. So here I am. Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> uh, before I play the trailer for Parasite, this movie has a lot of twists and turns. So I want everyone to be aware that we are going to gradiate our spoiler section we will begin <laughs> as unspoilery as possible move into slightly more spoilery territory and then we're gonna give the hard spoiler break for like the real nutso shit so just be aware of that and we will begin with our classic binary yes or no should people go see this movie carol grant yes or no should people go see this movie yes bill graham buy three tickets Okay. <laughs> okay. Michael Snydell. Yeah. I say yes. And now I'm curious. Bill, is there is three, like, is there a meaning behind that? Uh, so you have space on either side of you? Okay. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Some, some, some people are sticklers for that. Also, you know, this movie, give it your money. So you just think people should artificially inflate the amount of money they give this movie by buying multiple tickets? Well, I mean, that's not artificially if it's real, is it? Okay, yeah. Really you're just assuming like, that we can fucking afford that much. <laughs> I paid $15 for Endgame. I'm going to pay $45 for oh, Parasite. Like, like in LA, the, I watched this the first weekend, and this movie came out at the Arclight in oh, Arclight geez. Hollywood. Yeah. And uh, yeah, paying for, paying for three Arclight tickets plus parking at that place you're basic you may as well spend that money on a fancy fancy dinner party (laughs) (laughs) oh man all right so here is the trailer Oh, 
All right, that is the trailer for Parasite. Out Shout in... out to our uh, Korean-speaking listeners. <clears throat> At least this like trailer has the <laughs> conviction to actually play some dialogue. <laughs> sure. Because usually when you get a foreign language trailer, it's just like weird imagery, quick looks, and just like a sweeping score. Shout out to the tribe. <laughs> the tribe, Shout yeah, out. which had no dialogue at all. So that Shout was really fun. Shout out to uh, Rust and Bone. Shout out to The Wind Rises. <laughs> oh, Jesus, The Wind Rises. Yeah, just like oh, show man. these these people not from America. Just and looking. also just bunches of pull quotes. Loads and loads of pull quotes <laughs> from yeah. people you may not have even heard of. <laughs> Yeah. I saw I saw the the lighthouse the other day and um it had a trailer like that um but sooner or later they actually did start talking but it was just like a shit ton of three word pull quotes that were just like sexy and haunted beautiful <laughs> a good movie <laughs> a good movie I think was it was for end of the century okay end of the century yeah anyway uh so that's us making fun of trailers um. <laughs> Uh, all right. How best to describe Parasite? Um, I'm going to just plagiarize fully from IMDb. All unemployed, Kitai's family takes particular interest in the wealthy and glamorous parks for their livelihood until they get entangled in an unexpected incident. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that That's the movie. That's, that's pretty much it. Nothing uh, else happens there. Yeah. As I said, we're going to begin as spoiler light as possible, move up a little bit, and then we'll actually have a defined spoiler section. But if at any point you think to yourself, oh shit, this sounds like a great movie, just start off the podcast, go see it, and then come back. Um, This is the movie that like was famous, and I know that it's famous because my parents asked me when I was going to see this movie. Because really? They were in New York, in Queens, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. settling my grandmother's estate, and they I was talking to them on the phone, and they said, have you heard of this movie Parasite? All of the local news channels are covering it because it like instantly sold out Yeah, all across the yeah. city. And I was like, uh, yeah, I am aware of that movie. I am shocked that you are. And they're like, well, you know, we've never <laughs> heard of it. And then we saw these news things about it, and now we kind of want to see it. And then they went to see it and loved it, right? They have not seen it yet. Um, I think they might actually like this movie. I- yeah, this this seems to be like a weird phenomenon of foreign language film that winds up having weird amount of crossover appeal that you would not expect, but also on a gut level you get. No, I, I, I don't when, know how to describe it. When we get to full spoilers and I can start like just throwing out references... Sure. Like this movie hits a lot of sweet spots for a lot of people, <laughs> myself included. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get to that, let's just give our basic nutshell thoughts. We will start with Carol Grant. Well, I loved it. And like, I generally like Bong. Uh, I don't love all of his movies. I wasn't the biggest fan of Snowpiercer. Ugh. Uh, I like the host. I don't love it. But like the movies of his that I love, for instance, Mother and Memories of Murder. Yes, Mother. Love. I am even in like the minority that loved Okja as messy as it was. I I really dug that movie. There was something about it that got to me. But um, this one, like. 
What I normally appreciate about Bong is his directorial sensibilities and just the subject matter that he is interested in. I am also interested in. Uh, what I wasn't expecting when I watched this was that this was like on a pure like craft, like screenwriting level. This was like one of the most polished scripts that I've seen in a movie in a while, like foreign or like English language. It's just really, really tight and has like just the right amount of room for like strangeness to occur. Like there are some scripts that get labeled as like these really like tight clockwork like masterpieces. But then when I watch them, they feel almost too tightly wound and I never feel like this kind of space or room to kind of interpret other things within it and this was just like a very delicate balance of being this tightly knit like clockwork it's really hard to describe without spoilers but just (laughs) a lot of these pieces and watching them kind of fall into each other while at the same time uh sort of getting a glimpse at uh a kind of commentary that I was really fascinated by and was kind of rare for the type of movie that it wound up being. So I, I was really uh, besmitten with it. Uh, I don't even know if that's a word. Who cares? Uh, (laughs) I, I saw it again to show to my mom and she also really liked it. And uh, yeah, I, it's probably one of my favorite movies of the year. Uh, It's really fucking good. And that's all I can really say. All right. Bill Graham. Yeah, this is my favorite movie of the year, bar none. Um, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I think that it wears its kind of message and its, uh, you know, its messaging on its sleeve. This film is all about class, um, very much so. Uh, You know, Bong has definitely made some other films that are very focused on class, whether it's something that's like just abruptly uh, apparent in something like Snowpiercer or even Okja. Um, but this one is it's not that it's more subtle. It's that it has other things that it ends up trying to explore and it does it in interesting ways that kind of open up um, this film. Just like if you if I were to tell you the spoilers of this, you just wouldn't believe it. And that's part of the fun of this film. Um, it's also just insanely well-directed and the, cl- uh, you know, whether it's the set pieces, whether it's the sets themselves, um, the way that all of these kind of pieces fit together uh, looking forwards, looking backwards. This is definitely one that's going to be satisfying to watch again. Um, so maybe instead of buying three tickets to the same showing, maybe you should buy three tickets to uh, different showings throughout yeah, one, a weekend one on or each, something. Each on a different day, possibly a yeah. different time of day, just to see you know <laughs> how that affects it. <laughs> yeah, you just you just you you want to get all the shades, all the shades for this movie. Um, yeah, I I think it's. I think what Neon is doing with the releasing is somewhat smart. I mean, the fact that Brian's parents ask him about this film tells me a good bit about like what that kind of um, 
you know, the, the law of, of supply and demand, right? Like there's a huge demand for this film because the supply of it is so small. Um, and so like, there's a lot of people very interested in this film. Um, I think it's really unfortunate that like, uh, South Korea hasn't been, uh, very good about submitting films to like the Academy because that could have gotten them a little bit more wider kind of audience appeal a lot sooner. Um, but that being said, uh, hopefully they submit this fucking movie. If they don't, they're madmen. Um, and yeah, I just I really want to see where this film ends up going, how much staying power it has, and uh, as it expands, hopefully more and more people are are talking about it. All right, Michael Snydell. Yeah, I I, I like this movie. I, I don't think I'm I'm quite as in, in love with it as uh, Bill and, and Carol. I, in part because it, it comes after a couple recent class war for ah class warfare films that uh, that for whatever reason stuck with me a little bit more like Joker and it uh, exactly <laughs> but, but can, I'm can you be more specific of which movies I'm curious yeah yeah it's like uh, Burning and The Handmaiden. <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. So a different filmmaker. I thought you were talking about his movies. No, which... no, no. Um, I, I run hot and cold on Bong. Um, yeah, but uh, sorry. But speaking briefly of The Burning and The Handmaiden, uh, you know, in South Korea, there's, I, I mean, there's long been a talk about how they handle genre cinema and just the the wonderful, you know, kind of um, uh, tonal. Uh, mishmash feels uh derogatory so i'm not going to say that but the way that they mix tones um and, and yet feel so well calibrated is something that's become you know kind of a testament to the uh the region at, at this point and you know burning and the handmaiden i i think the reasons why they worked a little bit better for me is they did have that uh that space interestingly enough that uh carol was mentioning i i do think that Parasite is I, – I, I do agree that it's it, it's an extremely polished script. It's uh, extremely tight and it knows exactly when to kind of trigger everything. And it's it's an immaculate, uh, you know, contraption. Um, I, and But I, I ultimately think it's a little bit more clever than it is emotional even as – there's one sequence in in the middle that I'll speak to later uh, that fully just kind of uh, just fully shows the gulf between the parks and uh, and the um, excuse me uh, da, 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 the, Kims. the Kims thank you guys <laughs> uh, and the and the uh, the Kims um, but I. I, I was continually impressed by the way that this this film just knew what notes to hit. It knew exactly when to end, but it's just it's just a little bit too clever for me. And, and compared to something like Burning, which I thought had so much space and ambiguity, or alternately The Handmaiden, which as well you know has some definite thematic similarities, if not narrative similarities. Um, it's just I, I feel like 
at a certain point, I caught up with this movie in a way I didn't necessarily want to, even as I was just enthralled with every every step of the way. So yeah, I I like this one. It'll probably be in my top ten, but it just didn't hit me quite as hard as some of the other uh, class difference um, dramas we've had in the last couple of years. Did you see it three times? I did not. Oh, and I did well, there's not your problem. It. I didn't yeah. see it in 120 FPS either. So <laughs> that would have I, I will say, though, that when I did see it a second time, like the cleverness definitely stuck out a bit more to me the second viewing than Fair. it did the first viewing. The first viewing, like it all sort of washed over me so well. And because the second viewing, I was deliberately like picking apart like oh where does like this thing get introduced where does that thing get like paid off later so on and so forth so that that was just kind of just me just i just generally like to pick apart things on that screenplay level partly because that's kind of what i do for a living (laughs) but uh i did still feel that there was an extra layer to it that i felt that uh other movies that had that quote unquote cleverness to it didn't i'm trying to think of an example of like a recent like extremely like quote unquote clever movie that didn't hit me and i'm coming up a little bit blank yeah like like damn it fell (laughs) it's just the new running Uh. joke is just constantly bringing up joker Oh. Yeah, Carol, hey, I'm, hey, I'm guys, to guys have too. you have you considered that um guys that were that were all clowns? <laughs> I mean, we are all clowns in in some kind of way. Now, um, what's I'm really thinking. interesting is is that you know Joker may have all just taken place in his head. Oh, Think about shit. that. <laughs> Holy shit! That's the kicker. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna leave. I'm just gonna making Michael really upset. <laughs> I want to. I want to bring up something mind bending that I that I just kind of found out about. Did you know that Park Chan Wook directed like an entire television like limited yes. series that starred Michael Shannon, Alex Skarsgård, and Florence Pugh? Yes. Yeah, I heard of this. I How haven't I? seen it yet. What the fuck? It's called Li- the Little Drummer Girl. Mm-hmm. It's, it's John Lacar. Yeah. It's uh, uh, well, that makes this even crazier. Why have I not seen this? It was apparently like, on AMC. Like, I think it's a BBC show. I think there were like six BBC episodes. and then AMC was airing it in America. Yeah, I guess. No, I think I think yeah, I think you're right. This is crazy that this exists and I did not know about it. I, yeah, I feel like film twitter would have like geeked out about that more than not at all but i guess amc bungled the the marketing of it i don't know what what went down with that but that's crazy i'm curious to watch it one of these days this is the problem with peak tv is you find out that like a really great director with a bunch of really great actors made a tv show yeah like did you know that uh i had no idea until like my mom was just watching it on netflix that Antonio Campos was one of the like big creative people in The Sinner on USA. What? Oh, really? Huh. What? It's very weird. Peak TV is a weird time to be into creatives or be a creative. It's weird. Antonio Michael Campos Mann with Ansel Elgort. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah. Uh, and what is Michael that? Tokyo Mann with Ansel Elgort as the Joker. <laughs> Actually, 
100% no. better movie. No. <laughs> I would watch the shit out of that. Um, Antonio Campos of Simon Killer. He, yes, he, and after school. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, D- doing a show for USA. Huh. Well, you know, characters are welcome. Mm. <laughs> Did you know Gaspar Noe is doing CSI now? <laughs> no, you got in like 3D. NCIS. Nicholas Winding Refn uh, is doing uh, NCIS Amsterdam. <laughs> Oh boy! All right, I got us on a. T- yeah, this has been a good riff. I like this. <laughs> yeah, because I'm. I am also looking forward to Bellatar's ER. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Anyway, so my thoughts on Parasite. Um, I had only seen like the first thirty seconds of the trailer for this movie, and like the the uh, the the poster. <laughs> Um, and so I legitimately thought that this movie was like, I I didn't know what the hell to think about this movie. In all honesty, I was like, is the parasite like literal? You know, is it like an X-Files episode Are are they the parasites? Are we the parasites? So walking into this, I had no idea what to expect. I ended up loving the shit out of this movie. This hits like three different genres that I love. And it's like what Michael was saying about the kind of modulation of tone. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think, like, you know, clearly I have love for American cinema. Um, but I think that South Korea is, like, my number two spot. Like, when it comes to... I'd, I'd say they're my number one, actually. Like, the percentage. The percentage <laughs> is say, just so... Like, their batting average <laughs> yes. is a lot higher. <laughs> For yeah, genre I, cinema, yeah, yeah, I am. Um, no, just well, it's no them. anime, but <laughs> oh god, Ugh. wait, was that a serious thing you said? Should I not be responding that way? You you decide for yourself. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm still gonna say it, but I just need to know if I need to apologize. <laughs> you always need to apologize, Brian. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> fucking anime. Um. <laughs> Go watch Children of the Sea when that comes out in theaters distributed by G Kids. It's going to be in like, I think November, December. I forget. Just watch that movie. Holy shit. And uh, what is the other one coming out? Like Weathering with You? Uh, Weathering uh, You? Yeah, that one's the new uh, Makoto Shinkai. But Children of the Sea, though. Wait, is that the new? Don't let that fall under the radar. Wait, who is that from, Carol? was well, G Kids, well, so it's gotta uh, be. Uh, it's gotta Ayumu be. Watanabe. It's gotta be. Okay. Uh, what's what's his face? Um, his shingle, right? No, Doesn't G Kids have... is a is an American distributor of world animation. Yeah, yeah, they fucking well, rule. Oh, uh, that's true because they had uh, the Secret of the Kells a couple of years yeah. ago, yes. and the Breadwinner, and okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Everyone yeah, seems world. to think the G stands for Ghibli. It is not. <laughs> Yeah. No, no, no. I know it's not specifically Ghibli, but I know that's that is the main proprietor of Ghibli here in the United States for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> another another tangent. What the hell's going on? <laughs> Slowly this but surely, is, this we is are the chaotic into energy chat. that you get from inviting me on. Also, from talking about Parasite, because like my my initial response to walking out of this movie was, "Holy shit, that is." Like, and then I just said to myself out loud what all my reference points were. 
And it's one of the reasons that I think my parents would like it is because they love at least two of those reference points. Um, but I don't want to say it right now. I will wait for spoilers to, to yeah, start dipping into that. Yeah, that's the difficult thing about like trying. Like what? Like I sometimes I've gotten kind of disillusioned by movies where people go, "Don't let anyone spoil it for you." And thankfully, this one it didn't hit me until like I was just a day from seeing it. Because I was already not paying attention because I already pre-decided, oh, new Bong movie, I like Bong, and it won the can Palma d'Or, that's great. Right, so what else do you need to know? Because I try to, like, keep myself not spoiled on movies in general nowadays, so I thankfully avoided that discourse, but I can totally see people being unfortunately very exhausted by Parasite, don't let this spoilers catch you discourse because yeah like i get it but also i genuinely don't want to talk about the big things that happen yet because it is genuinely a cool thing that happens when you watch it but right and and to my mind you know uh, this is one of the rare movies where i went in having no idea what to expect so like i when we were talking before i was like you know i don't know what the hell a spoiler is because i knew nothing about this movie and having read that log line, I just again feel that I can't do. Anything. I didn't even read the log line. I mean, I didn't until the uh, until I just did it right now. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's yeah. nonsensical enough to fit. Um, but well, yeah, I, I, I think do want to just... say one, Brian. Can I say one fascinating thing that, without even getting into anything, I think of all of the possibilities of Korean breakouts, this one oddly has the most. Uh, the biggest chance simply because of Snowpiercer. I, I, I was talking to an acquaintance recently and I, I still don't have a sense of their movies, but I was able to mention Snowpiercer. And even though this was a Korean film, which is not something that they would usually see mm-hmm. because I was able to mention Snowpiercer, it was like they, it made it slightly less intimidating to them. Yeah. Like, I, um, it, it's really fascinating the place this is in. I had that happen with this when I was talking about it to a friend as well. Um, I That's also, exactly how I recommended Handmaiden. I went Stoker, and they were like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get to Brian's review. <laughs> I mean, yeah. my review is the movie fucking rules. Like, I don't like. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but you know, in a non-spoiler way, like, what can I say beyond like the pacing is great? The, the I don't want to like oversell like the twists sure. and turns. But not knowing what's coming next helped me in this movie because I could just enthrall myself in the moment. And be like, now where does it go from here? And again, when we get into spoilers, I can like clarify a little more. Sure. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to say, fuck it. One of the one of the things that helped me <laughs> one of, and that I think that my parents love is I can pitch a lot of this movie as an extended South Korean episode of Frasier. <laughs> There is a um, farcical okay. element to the there there is a literal episode of Frasier that handles like maybe like the interior 40 minutes of this movie and it's just awesome. It's so it's so good. It's so fun. It's so like witty. It's so weird. Like I, you're never totally on anyone's side and it's just great to sit there and just enjoy this movie and then when it was over i was like there's clearly a lot of subtext and actual text about class and everything else but it's not like you know a dardenne brothers film 
like uh what is it three days two nights and um kid with a bike and shit like that where you're just like okay this whole movie is about like how hard it is to be a working class person in france and because we're following a working class person in france who's having a hard time like a lot of this movie's grander social themes you kind of miss out on while you're just enjoying like the cheats and the lies and the farce that's going on it's 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 just it's it's great to have a movie that you can say is like a tight clockwork examination of class and where's my pen society and everything but that you can also just pitch as this movie is is straight fun caper farce insanity so that even if you're not into all the other stuff that will still get you through the you, the Fraser thing I was not expecting, and I still have no idea what you're referring to because I still need to watch Fraser. <laughs> anyone who's watched Fraser in this movie is like, oh yeah, I know exactly what he's talking about. Good. Okay. That fair enough. No no offense to the Dardens, great filmmakers, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love the Dardens, but like I, you know, I'm not gonna go back and watch Marion Cotillard attempt to talk her co-workers into voting not to fire her you know like yeah she doesn't believe in 9-11 i mean come on she believes in it she just thinks that we did it right oh yeah she's a truther she's she's not like a full-on denier she's not one of those hologram people you know (laughs) oh hologram i thought you were gonna say holocaust but okay (laughs) a lot going on here it is it is a short leap from 9-11 i guess another thing that i want to bring up was i i don't want to like sell short the fact that like oh you could like easily turn your brain off and like enjoy the caper stuff while like completely not getting the class stuff and like that is not this movie actually like the class stuff is so in your face without being too on the nose but it's so very much a core part of the movie's dna Mm -hmm. that you cannot have an opinion on this movie without thinking about what it does say about class. It's not like a kind of movie where it's a very veiled kind of symbolism. It's like, no, the movie is about class. It's about a poor family and a rich family. And you, you can't look away from it. That's one of the genius things about this movie is that it does work in this clockwork caper kind of context but also you can't just enjoy it as that you actually are sort of brought to engage with what it's actually showing you. And I think that's important. I agree. I agree, but I still, I mean, like I still think that someone could watch this and like not pick up on that and still have a damn good time with it. I think you have a much better time and are like, it it would be hard not to pick up or engage with it. I guess so. It there's. I'm always surprised by the stupid bullshit that happens where people. Mm-hmm. It's like when people say, like when soldiers fetishize Apocalypse Now, and I'm like, oh, that horrifying fucking movie about the darkness of the human heart. Yeah, awesome, yeah. great. Like, I feel like anyone can misinterpret anything. So I guess fuck what I said earlier. Well, I mean- <laughs> The difference is, I don't think anyone's going to walk out of this movie valorizing the rich, you know? Uh, but that I is think, true. I think that there is there is a difference between v- viciously misreading a movie's intention <laughs> and holding it up as like, 
yeah, this movie gets it. This understands how cool it is what to I be. What I will say, though, is that I was very surprised when my mom came out of that movie and said that the rich family were, they were just nice. They didn't do anything wrong. And it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like, technically they didn't, but they, they broke they their laws in the right either. It, I'll get into that later. I have a whole thing about that, but <laughs> yeah, apparently, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, and I just, I know that we're probably going to spend the bulk of the time talking about the themes and issues, and that's great. That's what most people are probably here for. But it just, I think it behooves us not to just, uh, not to mention, it would behoove us to not not mention, or to oh, continue boy. to mention, the fact that, like, yeah, it's also just a fun, it's a fun farce caper craziness movie. Like, it, it just works. It's, yeah. It's, it's, and I think that you're also right in that it's, it's so deeply integrated without being, it doesn't, it doesn't feel fractured. It doesn't feel like, okay, well, you took this fun movie and then grafted this like overbearing political message on top of it. It's like, no, it's it's not killing them softly. And I say this as like, I actually don't hate killing them softly, but we can all agree that killing them softly is like the messiest way to like, put your like political themes and graft them like superficially onto your crime flick. Right. This movie doesn't have George W. Bush on MSNBC, like speaking in the background <laughs> of a heist scene, you know? Oh, that's right. I so like that I, movie too, but I, yikes. I, I mean, it's not a bad movie, but no, also I enjoyed... like, don't do that other directors. <laughs> I enjoyed that movie to a point. I do think every movie would be bolstered by ending with Brad Pitt saying, fuck you, pay me, though. That <laughs> like, is true. Apropos of nothing, just pan the camera over and there's Brad Pitt. It doesn't even have to be talking to a character from the movie. Is that in the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood extended cuts? <laughs> yeah, and when he's, uh, I was about to say like something, spoilers for the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but at the end he just turns to Leonardo DiCaprio and says, fuck you, pay me. <laughs> Yeah, just blood coating his teeth and shit. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm into that. <sighs> That's right up there with my concept that every movie would be better if it ended with a smash cut to black and um, the power of love starts playing. <laughs> <laughs> now I can integrate those two. Oh, I'm going to steal that for my next script. <laughs> <laughs> and the the spaceship returns to space. We cut to Brad Pitt in a bar. He says, fuck you, baby, smash cut. That's the power of love. <laughs> oh, my. Good times. That's um, what back to this movie. Really. I think we should. I think we should get into spoilers. <laughs> we haven't yes. like, talked about anything. <laughs> Here's my problem, though. I keep shouting how much I like this movie, but I like hamstrung by not wanting to spoil it for people. So, like, Michael, is there a specific non-spoiler? Th- and, and I, you know, Carol just told us we were all fools if we refused to talk about the political implications. <laughs> I mean... Mm. <laughs> Which I think you need to talk spoilers for. I... I don't know. I, I think I... I, I don't, don't know. Hold I kind of feel like... Don't I kind of feel like... I kind of feel like the themes are punching you in the face in this movie, which is not really a bad thing, but it's... It... it, it it goes back to I don't, I'm like the only one who's like 
didn't adore this movie. <laughs> this is, this is so lonely. <laughs> no, no, that, that's totally fair, though. It does kind of like, I think uh, I, a movie can punch you in the face with themes as a positive. Sure. It, yeah. I mean, I, I think it all it depends can. on your propensity for it, I guess. Well, I also I, think that, like, it, it depends on how it's punching you in the face, you know? Like, like, is, is it punching you with hundred dollar bills, or is it punching you with a a brass knuckle? Well, like, I think, and I, I'm not bringing it up as a joke this time. I think Joker punches you in the face, but it does that so is- artlessly and haphazardly and without thinking. And I think sure. this movie is delivering, you know, just like real sharp jabs. You know, maybe clockwork, clock, clock. Or See, is it I, counterclockwise or is it clockwork? I can't. Or clockwise. clockwise. She likes it clockwise. I, I think. I think the the thing about the clockwork thing for me is I, I do. I, I think the parks are not quite as strong characters as I would as I would like. I, I guess this requires. I guess all this stuff requires spoilers. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I would really like to get into like stuff about the parks because yeah, I have thoughts okay yeah so we all michael do you now agree that we can get into spoilers yeah i i like this movie i don't think i like it quite as much as all of you here's what's crazy about about you michael um (laughs) and this this is something you you get a criticism leveled against you quite a bit that you don't you don't like anything (laughs) and i just think it's funny because you roll in here and you're like I'm not as over the moon about this movie as everyone else. I'm not as like high on it as everyone else. It's still going to be in my top 10 of the year. <laughs> yeah, like, it's good. It's a good Like, you're movie. just like, well, it's a piece of shit, but, you know, everything's a piece of shit. I don't know. I'll give it a number seven. <laughs> uh, I, do you, I, as someone who... It seems like all of you have all seen Burning and The Handmaiden. Does it make I, sense? I have seen The Handmaiden. I still have not seen Burning, even though oh, I've Lee Chang Dong's <laughs> other films. I, love, I just missed out on it for some I love reason. Bill's, like he got pushed over a mountain cliff. <laughs> just like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Burning is great. Um, <sighs> I, think the, I think this is a much cleaner, tighter movie than The Handmaiden. Well, the handmaiden is going for something for the sure. The handmaiden's nuts. Yeah, the handmaiden, handmaiden is, is, is full on bonkers. I, I, I actually think handmaiden's messiness is in its favor. I would agree. Right, I oh, think. Yeah. I, I think you haven't that's seen true. anything like that. But I, I don't know. I would still like if I. Uh, it's it's hard to compare the two, considering that they're. Yeah, this one's the like, only like point of comparison is that like they are two like South Korean movies. Are they from, apples like, and these like South Korean masters who sort of <laughs> apples? <laughs> They're peaches and octopuses. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Um, I think I think one of the reasons, and you know, we all kind of mentioned this, you know, whether whether through how many people have kind of heard of this film or the kind of implications of uh, you know trying to. Uh, fit it in during a weekend screening or something like that. It's all sold out all over the place. Um, this film versus something like Burning versus something like uh, The Handmaiden has absolute universal appeal, I think. Um, outside hmm. of the fact that, fuck, it's subtitled. <laughs> Besides that, 
this movie should make like you know a hundred million dollars opening weekend like this Wait. should be our joker okay wait, no no seriously you guys don't think this movie's too weird for universal appeal no 100 percent not really this okay are we we're not in spoilers yet i think that this i thought i thought we were (laughs) i can't remember but we're definitely deep enough into the episode that i can say sure this movie is fraser and then it it becomes first of all okay the movie starts off as a con movie and a heist movie turns into an extended episode of fraser and then turns into a coen brothers film like there is there's definitely a coen's quality that i was thinking to to this movie hits so many broad appealing sweet spots that if I were a more well-known critic and wrote that sentence I just said in a newspaper, that would be pull quoted and slapped all over this movie. <laughs> this movie doesn't even have fucking nudity. It, it gets close. Well, well, then why why would anybody go see it then? I, I mean, geez. Oh, well, well. It's no handmaiden <laughs> in that I'm way. Just, yeah. Jeez, I'm, I'm just saying like, like no, I, that's, I understand. that's how much yeah. universal appeal it, it kind of has going for it that I can like wholeheartedly recommend it to my mother and not be like, oh, hey, it is rated R and it's got some stuff in it. Right. It's not like, you know? ooh, you know, I forgot about this incredibly graphic sex scene. Mm-hmm. Though it does have a man in his twenties kissing a girl who is a sophomore in high school. Did I? Am I remembering that right? You are. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's not great. But there is also a pretty weird sex scene as well. It's like class role play. Like it's something. Yeah, that's a that's oh, a weird moment. We'll get to that. Oh, yeah. All right, I, um, let's, let's get into the sexual that movie. Was? Was yes. that what that was? Oh, yeah, Jesus. 100%. Because he's like, oh, yeah. get those cheap-ass little <laughs> dirty yeah, I, thought, I, I thought that's All right, just what he was into. I don't know. Uh, oh, no, it's a callback. The, the drugs? Oh, no. Yeah, she's like, oh, I want to oh. be a poor and get some drugs. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Oh. Their inherent mistrust of the underclass makes them so susceptible to getting fucked over by the underclass. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Okay, let's talk about this actual movie. Yeah, full on spoilers, yeah, by the way. Full on, yeah, spoilers now. We've talked for so long. Holy shit! <laughs> let's do it. Okay, so full on spoilers. Uh, so the movie begins, and and uh, the the son, whose name is uh, Kiwu. Kiwu. Yeah, yeah, he gets Kiwu. He gets offered a job that he is like good for you know it's like you're not in college but you know how to speak english and you've you know been in the military and you've taken the exams like i know you're smart enough to do this do it so he gets a a (laughs) also you're you're a fuck up and so you won't hit on my potential girlfriend everyone i don't know if this is a a cultural thing but it is weird how everyone's like, so I'm going to put this high school girl on the back burner. <laughs> going to let her simmer for like, I don't know, two more years. And then once she goes to university, right. I'm going to ask her out for real. Well, we'll have to defer that for for uh, for people to send emails for. <laughs> if you've ever backburnered a high school girl hoping that you could ask her out when she enters university, email us, podcastthefilmstage.com. Do not email us. I don't want to <laughs> succeed on that. Oh, my. Jordan, do not do not forward those emails. Go ahead. Oh. My email's not implicated. In <laughs> I, I'm free. Tweet it, Carol Grant. 
No, no, ruin it. <laughs> Just yeah. mute the term high school on Twitter so you don't have to see any of them. Okay, no, but yeah. So that's he's going to make places. following anime really hard. <laughs> that's a really good point. Oh no, okay, all your so. school days fan accounts are not going to be able to... Okay, so... So he gets the job, which he is qualified for, but not technically because he's not in university. But he gets his sister to mock him up some fake entrance papers, and he gets the job. And then immediately he's like, oh, your son also likes art? Well, I, like my cousin's friend, went to art school in America. And so then his sister gets in. And she's like, I don't know, I'm just going to make up some shit about art therapy gonna boost my price up ask for more sessions i also, love her personality i yeah. love that she uses the term the schizophrenia zone <laughs> <laughs> so amazing um <laughs> just just the best when she says did something happen to him in the first grade and the mother just like freaks the fuck out <laughs> and then they're like, oh, okay, um, we can get our dad a job. I'm just going to put my panties underneath this seat. And when the father, Mr. Park, of this family finds it, he's going to f- want to fire his driver and uh, swap out the young hip guy for a t- just steady older dude. That, by the way, that scene is is perfectly believable in the way it escalates uh, once they find the panties. like. <laughs> What? what? <laughs> Get ready. We're going to say panties a whole lot during this episode. Yeah. Yes, sure. Um, like once they find the panties in the conversation they're having, like uh, how it escalates from drugs or, or just from uh, sex in his seat, not the right. driver's seat. Didn't have it in the driver's seat. Drugs. Went to the back to have it on my seat. And they bring up how cheap this underwear is. <laughs> yeah. God damn it, this is a pair of Fruit of the Loons? I bet it comes in a three-pack. <laughs> and I bet he's involved with drugs. Right, like, I, oh, I bet- what what kind of woman, like, what state of mind must she have been in to forget her whole panties? Oh. It, it's so weird, because this is the kind of scene that could so fucking easily fall into contrivance, and very much relies on contrivance, and yet, just Every single bit of that conversation rang so true to just how, like, the rich sort of, like, this rich family views the lower class that, like, they're just able to fill in the blanks themselves. Well, like, even even his friend, is when he sets up, like, how he's going to get this guy the interview, he mentions that the wife, the mother, is a little... A little simple. simple. (laughs) And that definitely plays out in this where it's definitely the the father that is giving all of the like here's here's this right turn and here's this right turn and here's where I think like this is possible. And she's just eating it up. She she does not have any kind of thoughts or opinions about it. She's just like, okay, you're gonna tell me all about it? You have a theory? Cool. That sounds good. That sounds believable. Okay. And it's just like, holy shit. (laughs) 
yeah, he, he really follows, you know, the, or she, excuse me, she follows her worst, like, paranoias in a way that, yeah. Yeah, like, like it's like all it takes is just <laughs> a little bit of prodding and they'll get there eventually. <laughs> like, sure. most of the work that the parks do, that the Kims do on the parks is just, like, very subtle, like, prodding in one direction and then the parks just kind of do everything else themselves, like for the Kims practically. And that's I mean, one of like the lovely things about that script is that so much of it is just informed by how the parks just react to everything. Well, and I think like that, that scene is such a great scene because it actually shows that they do have a certain level of intelligence to like, extrapolate out from just finding a pair of panties underneath like this guy's thing where he's just like okay but it is a little weird that someone would leave behind their panties like how how does that happen you know and how would you forget that (laughs) and so like it's not just oh i i like planted this idea that i slept with this driver and that's the end of it no no he's like holy shit what what were they doing? What kind of, she like, again, actually just, left he her basically pants. goes full galaxy brain on it. <laughs> yes, yes. Panties yeah. in the car means that someone slept in my like in the car. Yeah, the fact that they're in my seat, brain. and then it just like goes up and up until she was on drugs. But this is okay. So this is this is one of the many points where I was like, oh, this is an episode of Frasier, because I, I, I don't know if any of you have watched Frasier. <laughs> I've Carol I've watched it too much. But like <laughs> Frazier and Niles, his brother, will do stuff like this. Like because they yeah, are we, like yeah. psychiatrists, like their father is constantly like, don't look for the complicated answer. Just <laughs> accept this. But they have to sit there and ruminate and be like, but what kind of a human being would do this? Like someone will just accidentally like drop a handkerchief and they'll just like extrapolate it into basically what these people are doing, which is like, oh, well, clearly she was on drugs. And it's the absurdity of not being able to say, well, shit happens, but having to use in the case of Frasier, like psychology or in the case of this movie, your deeply problematic understanding of lower rung social classes and what they do. That gets you into trouble. That makes you make a wrong decision that allows you to open yourself up to all kinds of misunderstandings. And it's it's so it's so well done in this movie. Like we've said, like this conversation they're having could be awful, but instead it becomes just this whip smart, dumb moment that helps you to believe everything else that's going on. Absolutely. I am not looking forward to the American remake that's inevitably oh, gonna come from no. this movie. It's going to be all wrong. Like if if they remake this movie, it's going to be too no, comedic. No, Old Boy was great. What are y'all talking about? <laughs> what did you say? I said Old Boy was great. I don't know what y'all are talking about. Oh yeah, remember <laughs> when Spike Lee made Old Boy? I will defend that movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> I still I still am furious that that movie kept the dumplings and didn't swap it out for something else. Do you know what I'm talking about, Carol? that's fair yeah you're in new york you should be like oh i every day i got pizza (laughs) (laughs) 
and you fold it. Right. And you got to be like, oh, you know, it, did it come from Ray's? Did it come from Joey's? Like, you know, make it an American staple. Don't make it dumplings again. Hot dogs, even. Which Sobrick cart did it come from? <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah, no, the American remake of this uh, would like... I, I don't know I, who who would they cast as like the simple woman. Um, Kate Beckinsale, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. Oh my god! Jesus I was gonna god. say Rebel Wilson, but yeah, that. Oh, no, god. Melissa McCartney would probably be the um the mom, right? The uh the the uh, the uh, the maid. Yeah. I, I guess if we're going by Hollywood beauty standards, they probably okay. Let let let's uh, back off from this before it goes into a full fan cast of the American movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're already there. So <laughs> the son oh, would my. clearly be Justin Long from ten years ago. Okay, what we need to oh. do? No, come on. <laughs> oh. I hate this. <laughs> This is my nightmare. This should be a Patreon extra where we just recast foreign films. Oh, God. <clears throat> yes, people have to pay us to do this. This is ending. Yes, right yes, now. with birthday <laughs> Melissa McCarthy and past Justin Long. We're in a time machine. <laughs> What's Michael Sarah doing? Can he father. still play 20? Let's go, let's go. So okay, but the best, the best con Tate Donovan. <laughs> Tate Donovan as Mr. Park? God damn it, Michael. What are you doing? Sorry. <laughs> That's a good choice though. All right, all right. Uh, let's uh let's continue. Let's continue. Okay. Um let's We've gone too far. We were talking about panties. Um. Yes, uh, we, as we so often are. No, so the best, the best con, you know, because I love that conversation about the panties. Because I was like, "That's it, just like one pair of panties, and it's going to get rid of this guy," and it did. Sure. But um, I think that the best thing that they do in this movie, like as a person who loves cons and heists, you know, the best thing they did was the peach fuzz tuberculosis scare. <laughs> That is some grade A shit right there. That is, oh, yeah, so that good. is, that is total like Ocean's Eleven level shit. Where, yeah, I could like, like hear the jazz playing, you know, in mm -hmm. the background as they're like, she's deathly allergic to peaches. And then it's like cut to her stealing a peach because she won't even pay for a peach. And then cut I, to I, her scraping the fuzz off with a razor. The, even like the, the photo of her at the hospital center that the father takes, like even he has like a description and I, I love that. They're also like going through how much intensity he has to give, right? Yeah, like the son is lines. giving script notes and like, and like, no, I want you to be more subtle. I don't want you to yeah. go over the top. You need to be kind of reserved. You need to be restrained, but you need to emphasize that like, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. This is a big <laughs> deal. And like, so he mentions that he was taking a picture for his wife and that, he noticed her in the background. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like his wife is... wasn't even there. <laughs> well, no, that's the point is he was taking a picture for his wife. Yeah. It was a selfie. Yeah. It was a selfie. Oh, but, Jesus Christ. 
Yeah. And so like, and that's why he happened to notice that she was in the photo and that like, I was just like, holy shit. This movie just has those little pieces figured out to where like, you know, he's, he's basically thinking up like, Oh, what's, what's the stupid excuse for this? Right? Like what, what is an audience members like, no, 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 this doesn't fit kind of bullshit. And there he goes. It's like, right. Why Cause he's not even like, I saw her and took a picture of her. Cause that would still seem a little sneaky. Exactly. He's like, I, um, you know, I didn't realize. And then I took the picture and I was like, oh my God, that's her. And then I, you know, oh, I couldn't help. She, you know, she talks real loud. I mean, I don't even want to yeah. say it. Yeah. She's got tuberculosis. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's never over, overplays. And I think that's, I think that's what's so interesting to, uh, about these early scenes is, you know, it, it does obviously have the texture of those con films that you're, mm-hmm. yeah, those great con films, but like, there's also constantly an, an, a nagging sense that like, you know, where is this going to go? Uh, how, how is this going to go wrong? Like what, what's the end game here? And, and that, and, and I think the fact that that lingers over all of these scenes is is ultimately like really really powerful um i i like i brian i like i want you to keep going but i just i just wanted to mention that i think i I think this film seeds where it goes so well um even like just bringing out just that little bit of uncertainty and that possibility that you know at any point uh song kang ho's character could slip up like without his son or something like that. Well, it, it is funny that you mentioned that, Mike, <laughs> that like this film does that. It gets to that point probably about an hour in where the whole family has basically infiltrated it into yeah. into the family. And you're sure. like – and you know, it, it, look, like I'm v- – <sighs> Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm known for being hyper aware of like a movie's runtime, right? Yes, and you so are. when when that happens about an hour in, I was like, holy fuck. What a, like where is this movie going? Because there is no happy ending in this in this. Like nobody likes this movie because it has a happy ending, right? Everybody's fucking raving about this movie because it's got some kind of crazy ass twist. And I was just like Holy fuck, they still got an hour and like 15 minutes to play and this film hasn't even like shown its other hand yet. And I was just so fascinated that like, no, surely this is not a long term solution, right? This is not a long term gig. This is not a long term thing where they can like had they each arrived to this separately Maybe, but because they are family and because they kind of con their way into it, no, absolutely, this is not gonna. Right, because like, he's like together. talking about marrying the daughter, and he's like, "I can buy yes. actors," like which is a thing yeah. that is a real thing that they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the next Werner Herzog film is actually about that. <laughs> oh, really? That's yeah. awesome. I'm down. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, it's what you're what you were saying, Michael, is like I I was I, too, was curious because I'm like, okay, so they all have a job now. Yeah. Is this a movie about how they then like one by one just remove members of this family? Like, yeah, that's kind of what I expected. Honestly, has anyone here seen the movie The Page Turner? No, but I've seen us. 
No, not not at all what I'm talking about. Um, the Page Turner is a 2006 film by Denis Decor. And um, it is about, oh, you know, I almost even don't want to tell you. It's such a, okay, so this movie fucking rules. And it's about a, a girl who, like, we first meet when she's, like, 11. And she is going to a conservatory to audition to, like, get a scholarship to learn to be a classical pianist. Say and the name of the movie again. The, the Page, Page Turner. Turner. Page Turner. And she, she is sitting there and one of the judges accepts a request for an autograph during this little girl's recital and f- she fucks up. Like, she cannot recover from this woman like breaking her attention to sign this autograph and she fucks up and she doesn't get the the whole thing so she goes home and her parents like it's okay like you can try out next year and she's just like no i will not and so she like closes the the cover on the keyboard of the piano and it's like cut to i don't know 10 years later and she has committed every second of her life to getting to the point where she can now meticulously destroy this judge's life by insinuating herself into her family and destroying everything. That's, so that's awesome. It's a great fucking movie. It is an hour and 25 minutes. It has a uh, good looking French people in it. It's great. Um, And that's all to say that like, I was wondering if that's what this movie was going to be because they'd already insinuated themselves as the help. And I was mm-hmm. like, at what point, do like they convince the parents that they're having affairs or that like the, the son is going crazy or something like it could yeah, go anywhere. Like, I was totally expecting that to happen because like the title of the movie Parasite, like I was expecting like kind of the type of thing. Like what I was thinking about, though, was like a virus or an infection where like eventually like it takes out all the old cells until just the virus is left. Well, especially because um when they when they make the um the 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 care when they make this extremely exclusive concierge like housekeeping service she's like uh we need all your financial documents your like house deed i was like oh they're going to just steal the house from them and then murder them like i don't i didn't know it was happening 100% was not expecting what actually happens so, so are we going to get into that now? I mean, I'm ready. Yeah, if you like, you know, we can talk about the bunker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's a fucking bunker in this movie. <laughs> yeah, with a man living in it for four years. Yeah. So, like, what I love about this is that, like, it kind of does the thing that most of these con movies don't do, which is like you always wonder, like, what happened to that whatever that they dicked over earlier and what this movie does that immediately the old housekeeper that they were able to like get fired through the tuberculosis gag like comes up to the little intercom and is like i'm so sorry i left something in the house when i left can i go get it and it turns out that thing is her husband and he's in a bunker. Yeah. It's crazy. A, like A, I, a bunker I love... that apparently a lot of rich people build either because they're worried about North Korea or creditors. 
Well, one thing that I I love about the filmmaking process of that is like she goes downstairs and as we follow, well, initially she just like is allowed to go downstairs because they're like, oh yeah, you, you forgot something. Eh, Fuck it. Like we get the hell out of here. Suspicious, you know? Yes. Like, like get the (laughs) hell out of here as soon as you can, but okay, go, go ahead. (laughs) And then she's gone for a while, and I love that, A, the family, like, all the other family besides the the houseworker, right, besides the mother, is, like, creeping around corners, like, trying to figure out, like, like they're, they're such fucking creepers. Like, they can't just, Once like, again, sit there. Once again, like Frasier. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but the other thing that I love is that when the mother actually finally goes downstairs to go figure out where this woman is, like she goes down one flight of stairs, turns left, and then they open that that bunker itself, and then the woman disappears, and you follow the, her downstairs, and it just keeps going further and further down, and you're like, yeah, and like, what one, the two, fuck it, is it going on? Like a horror movie. Yes, it's I thought I thought there were gonna be bodies all over the place or something. I was just like, holy shit, the the family is like sacrificing people or something like that. I was just like, what the fuck is this? There's people so. under the stairs, <laughs> <laughs> at the bottom of the stairs. Now yeah. I was expect okay so again I I knew nothing about this movie so I was like oh this is when we get to the monster which I mm-hmm. presume will be sure. some kind of parasite <laughs> <laughs> Guys we didn't talk about the image of the housekeeper though trying to open the bookcase oh, uh, yeah. by by putting her legs up against the concrete <laughs> and they them walking down or, or yeah that, yeah she comes down yeah. and she's like you know, exorcist style, like just <laughs> suspended in the air, straining with they a also, Merry Christmas sign over her. <laughs> they also never explain why the housekeeper apparently got the shit beaten out of her. No, they do not. <laughs> yeah, but like you, you have to imagine that, like, yeah, she's going through some dire straits. The, the fact that she got kicked out of her fucking cushy job, yeah, and is well, likely I- homeless. Well, are we not supposed to expect that that's part of the peach stuff? No, I don't. I don't think so. No, because I thought it was like a like a just a fever rash that she gets. Oh, that's no. It oh. really looks like she got the shit kicked out of her. It, it does. It does look like she is a, a little bit worse for the wear. One thing that I love about this film is that seeing the uh, the family go and infiltrate the other family you also start to notice how like the housekeeper looks so well put together. And as soon as she's out of that environment, she does not look like anyone or look like someone that the, the rich family would associate it with at all. Right? No, no, she so looks would, feral. Yeah. Yes. She looks like and, a crazy and, bag like, lady. I think this movie <laughs> and, and, has and a going, surprising amount of empathy for the victims of the Kim family's social climbing. Sure. Because it's like you can imagine like, oh, maybe even the driver has been dicked over now. But the fact that it focuses on this housekeeper and this insane predicament that she's in, it's like con movies don't normally do that. Sure. Sure. But yeah, I mean, I was struck by how, like, if you look at all of the family members that integrate into uh, the rich family, like, you pull them back out, 
you know, when, when their apartment floods, like all of a sudden they're back to looking their more shabby self. Right. And I think part of that is they have to put forth a little bit more effort and energy. And so the idea to me at least is that rich people also probably look at like that at times, but they have like 30 minutes, 40 minutes in the morning to put themselves together well, to become like, presentable. Right. They, they, they say in the movie, like, you know, rich people can afford to be like happy and polite and sweet. Like sure. money yeah, irons absolutely. out the wrinkles. Yes. 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 And that yes. great scene. That's probably yeah, my that's favorite great. scene in the movie that the, mm-hmm. where they're just getting drunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which leads to another very Frasier moment, which is when they have to. <laughs> you and your Frasier. <laughs> well, I said that this movie was good. a lot like Frasier. People no. were like, how the hell is that possible? So I, now I, I have no, to I, 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 I knew exactly what you were talking about. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's this whole middle sequence where they're underneath the fucking. The, the only Frasier I've been exposed to is the 30 Rock episode where Kelsey Grammer <laughs> guest stars. <laughs> Could they just like See, yeah, oh, and, speaking of grifting right grifting and heist <laughs> they run a heist on carvel used to another successful operation from the best this friends, friends gang. Gang. <laughs> i will do a one-man play on the life of abraham lincoln <laughs> blackbeard's gold is buried in <laughs> what the fuck is going did this just become a 30 it's like a 30 Rock podcast, but like if we only were allowed to talk about 30 Rock by quoting 30 Rock at each other. <laughs> I'm a ghost now. <laughs> wait, wait, keep going. I, I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So anyway. So what, yeah, Family what was I going to say? Drunk. So yeah, like the, the throwing everything under the table and like crawling around and hoping not to get seen. Like oh. there's a whole episode of Frasier where Niles is going to propose to Daphne, but she has the flu. So he has to get like the 17 string quartet and chorus out of his apartment without her seeing. (laughs) This is also funny because, um, so the new half season of Bojack Horseman just dropped. Oh, don't, Mm -hmm. don't spoil it for me. I will not spoil anything specific, but there is a, a whole episode (laughs) that involves a secret party that is like waiting to surprise people who get home. And when those people get home, they are having a massive fight. And so the whole episode is all these people in their house <laughs> attempting to stay out of sight <laughs> to increasingly absurd extremes. <laughs> and I watched that and then I'm watching Paris and I'm like, oh, this is like Frasier. Now it's also weirdly like that episode of Bojack Horseman <laughs> where it's just like, how insane can this get? And it's uh it's great. Like this whole this whole thing. And this is also the part by the way where it gets a little Cohen brothersy, you know? Just a little a little like nuts. Yeah, a little because crazy. like okay, so the old housekeeper and her husband, what we'll just call them the basement family. <laughs> sure. Uh they they catch wind on the the Kims being grifters and they're basically threatening to to out them to the to the parks and like what probably like the thing that i love about this movie that differentiates this from so many other class warfare movies because like 
every other class warfare movie is like the poor person like against the rich antagonist or whatever and in this movie it's actually the more realistic like of what it generally actually is in real life which is that it's basically the rich people pretty much getting the poor to turn on each other absolutely without even knowing it yeah they're they're completely oblivious to the fact that warfare is going on underneath them right which which makes it even more terrifying when you know a bloodied guy wielding a knife comes to murder them. Yeah, because it's like you always see those movies where it's like, oh, this rich family has like, is like making poor people fight in the basement or sacrificing poor people. And it's like what it normally tends to be is that rich people are totally unaware of the very implicit ways that they dick over people of the lower class yeah like it's just something that is just embedded in their nature and that has already been perfectly set up through the way that they are already deeply afraid of them and are just going through these absurd conclusions about panties in the car turning into oh our driver is fornicating with drug dealers and whatever the fuck, or even like my housekeeper with tuberculosis could very well infect my son. And it's just like, it's playing on fear and they have that fear in them and allow that to sort of dictate how these lower classes climb up the social ladder without even fucking knowing it. It's just embedded in the system. And that's like the thing that always like wows me whenever I'm watching this movie is that it's a class warfare movie where the rich property or the rich family has absolutely no idea that they're in a class warfare struggle. <laughs> right. Until sure. it That's literally erupts out of their basement and tries to kill them. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like they're like they're basically benefiting and they have no fucking clue. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's almost like they're the parasites. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I always love a movie where the title so could also serve as a who is the real. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, sure. um, Denis Villeneuve, uh, Denis V, <laughs> he does this a lot. It's like yep. prisoners. It's like who is the real prisoner? Mm-hmm. Enemy, I guess who the is real the real parasite enemy? Was the enemy. <laughs> No. The real parasite is the friends we made along the way. Because fuck exactly. friends. You call someone a friend and within two weeks they're asking you to drive them to the goddamn airport. <laughs> anyway, that's my thoughts on friendship. <laughs> okay. No, I... Uh... Friendship, I give it two stars out of five. <laughs> exactly. Don't even get me started on love. Love is... The, the real parasite was love. <laughs> love and friendship though a very solid movie yeah oh man how about pancakes where, where do they rate i don't know if that's a love and friendship pancakes. reference or if you're just asking me if i like no pancakes. it's still it's a review reference i thought we're doing review oh i damn it sorry mm. i mean pancake it depends on the pancake it depends who makes it i'd say generally 3.5 3.5 okay <laughs> but a waffle rare to get that below a four Mm. I, I'm, I'm going to get a Millennium Falcon waffle maker soon. 
Is that one of those ones from like William Sonoma or La Crusette or something? It's La Crusette. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucked up. <laughs> we get um, fancy up in this bitch. <laughs> oh, oh dear. I don't want to know the person who actually oh, thinks that getting a Star Wars La Crusette like cookware makes them fancy. <laughs> oh man. Well, me and my friend Ben Sella will will have waffles <laughs> on Saturday mornings. Do you have a race car back up to you, Bill? <laughs> you and your girlfriend. Okay, so um, back to Parasite. Does he have a like, real bed so, with his fiance? <laughs> all right, back back to Parasite. So yes. I, An- another detail that, like, because again, like the the Kims are framed as these social ladder climbers sure. and they think they can cheat their way up the ladder. And you see that when they get what they want, you see like the way that they are trashing the house. And then that is called into question by the basement family where yeah. they start going like, look what you fucking do. You trash this place. And while, while we, we cherish our time alone in this house whenever we get it. And you just see them, living their simple lives and just like watching the sun like bask through those floor to ceiling windows dancing to like old records and it's just so peaceful compared to just the kims just getting totally fucking wasted and like with the like the other thing with the basement family is that they treat the park family with a weird amount of reverence. Yeah. Like, yeah. because like, he, like he, it, it seems, it seems the husband is little out of his mind. I don't, just, I don't a, wanna... just a wee bit. <laughs> um, yeah. The, yeah. Because the husband's the one that's staying in the basement. Like the yeah. uh, moon Gang, I, I'm probably butchering that name. I'm very sorry. I'm going to look it up. It's moon Gwang. Uh, she actually gets to like, lounge around the house as an actual housekeeper yeah sure. the guy is just downstairs right he's got some books he's got morse code <laughs> right he he taps out morse code telling like the but, owner like, of the, the house like thank you for having this house with this bunker i can he live literally in. worships mr park like a god like a god yeah. Well, yeah. It's... The most the most fascinating aspect I think of this film is how it seeds this idea that he turns on the lights as he's walking up the stairs, so much so that I guess the husband and wife don't even have a conversation with each other about the sensors that they added to the home. Like, oh, I guess my wife just added sensors to the lights and so every I'm time sure i walk there's upstairs nothing weird about this <laughs> you know and it's just like all of a sudden the lights just turn on as i walk up each flight of stairs like huh awesome this is amazing but I'm rich. As, as the yeah <laughs> this is this is awesome look at look at this rich shit um but like the fascinating thing is how did how did he know that that wasn't going to freak him out and how did he like, I guess he just waits around 24 seven. Well, what the fuck else is he going to do? I, don't know. <laughs> I guess read snippets of this family because uh, he keeps putting it like newspaper clippings up on the wall. But 
yeah, I, I guess he just waits around and just listens and knows up. Oh, they're going down the stairs. OK, here we go. Because right, his whole oop, life is, is built around the fact that apparently a number of loan sharks want to kill him. And he is now the, the beneficiary of the unknowing subterranean crawl space that this rich family has. This is and a ridiculous movie when you start saying it out loud. Exactly. Yeah, it's That's fucking what I was bananas. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Like, if if I told you the plot of this movie, you would just be like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's not a movie. And yet this fucking works gangbusters that's that's the brilliance and beauty of this movie is that nothing in this movie should work and it works so damn well that it's hard to even argue against it's just it's just like uh, oh fuck (laughs) it's surprising that there's so many hairpin turns that we take like none of them really feel like leaps And, and, and obviously some directors can you know modulate that that tone but i that is I, I think especially unusual for this like that when it does you know escalate into violence i, I mean it's inevitable like but but i think i i think the I, I think the scene i'd like to talk about though which is kind of the bridge between the the kim's kind of them changing their mind about the parks like you know they obviously think the parks are dumb but they think they're nice even as they you know nice isn't necessarily the right word they're gullible in a way that enables (laughs) their life um but i think the the scene where the flood happens and you get this wonderful contrast between uh the the parks a child like hanging out in a teepee in the yard and the the Kim's house, like lower level garden. Yeah. Is it garden level? Is that what it's it is? It's a semi-basement. Semi-basement. I think in America we do call those garden apartments. <laughs> okay. Uh, but their garden apartment being flooded. Like mm-hmm. I, I think that scene is just – I mean not to mention that it has probably my favorite image of the film where uh, – She sits on Kim, the toilet? Yes. Kim Kim Young just – smokes a cigarette on the toilet as shit is just trying to explode out but that that's a mood if there ever was one (laughs) but but yeah why don't we gif that just be like me watching twitter (laughs) (laughs) me reading the discourse Hmm. oh Oh, jeez trying to keep my opinion to myself blocking the haters (laughs) (laughs) i i i mean honestly michael you're saying why hasn't this movie been gift or gift already uh i think it already has like from what i heard i don't i don't uh stumble onto film give it a few months this is gonna make great meme material this movie sure i i guess i i still don't quite have the confidence of of all of you that this will be a breakthrough though i, I still think it's see it two more times <laughs> i will no, buy those okay, three okay. Tickets. so 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 you don't think this has has the wide appeal or not necessarily has it but will be big enough for the audience to grasp onto it right i think that it is which or or both 
No, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess like, let me transition in a weird way and pivot. Brian, what were the ones that you wanted to mention that this is a combination for oh, you? Okay. Oh, I, uh, I already said like Fraser, Bojack Horseman and, um, Coen brothers. <laughs> Good. Good. I, so, so I have Good navigated next. the horrendously fucking redesigned box office mojo. Oh, yeah. This it's, movie already made like ninety seven million dollars. Right. Internationally, it has made ninety three million dollars. Domestically, okay. it has made four million one hundred and six. I don't. I don't know how to. How many? I don't screens? know how to see how many theaters it's in anymore. From my understanding. A week ago, it was on 32 screens. Okay, wait. So I've, now it I have found it. Ex- it's a, okay. On October 11th, apparently it was on three screens. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. On October 23rd, it was 33 screens. It is now in 129 screens. Yay. That's, wow. And it has made a shit ton of money. How, what did I say? Four million something? Yeah. Yeah. It's per screen average on on Friday. Why isn't this giving me week to week? What is wrong with this fucking? Okay. <laughs> it's per screen average uh, for this past week was 14,000. Box office mojo redesign 1.5 stars out of five. I would give this one <laughs> star. It is in, it is impenetrable. Uh, nothing that I have done has been on purpose. It is a miracle that I was able to achieve any kind of knowledge with this. So, uh, so Michael, uh, what were you going to say from from like his comparisons with BoJack, Frazier, and Coens? Oh, and also just you know heist movies. I think I, I think that there's still something off putting uh, about uh, Korean genre cinema that it, it, it does still appeal to more of the fantastic fast art house crowd than than it does and and i don't know maybe i'm just using this to ramble a little bit but i just uh i i find this so interesting because because on one hand i think it is the possibility of you know that this could be the breakout and but it's also it seems so strange to me in the climate we're in that like yet we can go from you know that that one r-rated movie doing really well <laughs> to, well, to this I, also doing well it's well, just it's something but i i think even but then again i could point to the last couple years and the surprise foreign films that have you know made it like we we don't even have to talk about foreign films though i mean the fish fucking movie won an oscar so (laughs) (laughs) like again and how much how much money did that movie end up making here in the you're talking about shape of water right (laughs) yes absolutely okay oh i wasn't sure if you meant to the one that i made on my vimeo (laughs) go to my porn hub i have two yeah no i am an aquarium I heard fish fucking movie and I was like, no, does that mean like it's a fucking movie where there's a fish in it? Or is it like the movie where you fuck a fish? In which it's case, it's a that big is shape fucking of fish. <laughs> no, but yeah. So Shape of Water won an Oscar, right? It was widely seen by a lot of people. My mom saw that movie. My dad saw that movie. Like, really? 
Yes. Like a <laughs> lot, a lot of people saw that fucking movie. Um, th- there I you go. Like Saying that, even yeah. if this doesn't and do well English. as well as they hope box office wise, I think it's definitely going to get a lot of heat in the award circuit. Absolutely. Yeah. But, critic uh, circles are going to fall all over themselves to give sure, this stuff. I, yeah. I, I would agree with that. But yeah, I mean, maybe that, Michael won't, even though it's somehow oh, one of his top 10 oh, of the year, oh, even though he thinks it's not very good. But I mean, that's the same thing that could be said about Burning and the same thing that could be said about The Handmaiden, right? Sure. But those films didn't have that potential for the appeal that this film does, just simply because this film has that kind of genre twist to it, but yeah. it also is hiding behind the idea that it maybe does, maybe doesn't. So it's got that kind of thriller aspect. It's got that mysterious aspect. Like people don't know what to make of it until they go see it. Yeah, it's it, a lot of it has come through like word of mouth, which is really impressive considering. Yeah. Like, I mean, this film started on 11 or three screens, right? Like that's, that's Cocoa Bananas. And here we are like entering the height of award season fair right towards the beginning of november right and so here we go and this film is is just increasingly making more and more money it hasn't slowed down necessarily and i think there's going to be kind of a a little bit of a tidal wave a little bit of a of a you know, something that's just going to build behind this film. And I think part of that may be because just simply over time, South Korean cinema specifically has gotten a reputation. But also, I think, Mike, you were mentioning that, you know, Snowpiercer is going to be something that people can mention and be like, oh, sure. did you see Snowpiercer? And people are going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's I, on I fucking that. Netflix. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Captain America. Yeah. America's ass is in that movie, right? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. He ate babies. <laughs> they taste so, the best. Yes. And so I think, you know, that is going to help this film. Um, I think just the strong word of mouth and buzz around it. And then that mystery aspect that I mentioned, like, you know, people don't want to spoil it. Uh, I shared a review. I know Alamo shared a review or at least my local Alamo shared a review from the Atlantic, which probably was David Sims. I'm not sure. Um, but basically but you mean saying the king? <laughs> the king. Yes. Um, uh, double it. Uh, and, uh, what was it? Um, yeah, like his his title or his headline was basically go into this movie as blind as possible. But just in case, here's a spoiler free review. Right. And yeah. so like that's that's kind of the word of mouth surrounding this film. And yeah, I mean, I, I think it's certainly going to do better than something like The Witch or something, some other film that has had a lot of buzz around it that then it releases to wider audiences and then the audience slowly kind of changes on it, right? I think this is the kind of movie where it's not hiding what it is. And in fact, I think people are going to be more pleased when they figure out what it actually is, right? Yeah. So, I don't yeah, know. I, I, I think mean, I think just the Bill other Bill the Witch thing made that, 25 oh, million dollars. Are you sure that's the the one you want to go for? I mean, it had a lot of buzz, but then I think once it started to expand, I think a lot of people saw it and were like this movie has like 2 minutes of the witch. 
I mean, it opened to eight million, and mm-hmm. then it, and then I think that was that wasn't a rollout. That was like a full release. Uh, was it was there a full on release by eighty four? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, was it eighty four? Yeah, it was eighty four. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think it was yeah. like a mid wide that like they didn't really roll up more. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, like that's a good multiplier off of eight million to get to twenty five. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, I I should be clear too. I have never. I don't know why the fuck I care so much about box office with and with oh, this movie. <laughs> no, I just I, I think that there. I, I I am fascinated by this idea that so many people, except for me, seem to think that this is such a crowd pleaser, and it's probably because I'm a, a prick who doesn't have any confidence in American audiences when it comes to foreign films that they'll fair. go see them. Uh, hey, that's that's fucking fair. Yeah. Okay, hey, wait, <laughs> I think I read everything I, about The Witch wrong, or I'm reading it wrong <laughs> right now. So Wonderful. I think the other factor is just, yeah. like, because we talk about like, oh, yeah, like the witch had buzz and then it fizzled out or whatever. But like, I think the secret with this movie is that the themes are just resonating with people today because like I uh, when I watch it at the Arclight, they had a little Arclight stories. There was like a little interview with Bong Joon-ho at the end that was like showing from the J.D. Cargill guy, whoever. And uh, did people stay, Carol? A few people. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. But. Uh, I mean, it, it's the arc light. Like, arc well, light I'm, is I'm like sure, I'm sure the arc light staff were like, "Get the fuck out of here! We got five more movies this like today. Like, what are oh, you doing?" No. I used to work at the arc light. They specifically schedule it so, to like accommodate like all of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so okay. So anyway, Bong was saying that like. A lot of, like, his inspiration for this story was that, like, South Korea... Because, like, he made Memories of Murder. And Memories of Murder was about, like, a period in South Korean history where the economy was just shit. And yeah, the law enforcement could not even do their fucking job to catch the first serial killer in their country. And Parasite is, like, definitely, like, a huge shift from that in that it's taking place in an era of South Korea's economy where it's doing really, really well. It's become a very sure. rich country. But because of that, the wealth gap has widened to such mm-hmm. a considerable degree. Yeah. And it's like, that's what fucking America is right now. Like all Trump <laughs> can keep touting is, oh, the economy is doing so much better now. It's like, yeah, for you people. Like yeah. he it's like the thing where he can say that the economy is doing so well, but it's only doing so well for the rich. And the gap has just widened and widened to this gigantic gulf. And yeah, but if I you're rich like, like me, it's really great the secret <laughs> that like audiences are resonating with that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think I think I mean, even the fact that he puts in like the gig economy and stuff like that, like there's there's so many like the fact that they're like looking for a Wi-Fi signal to start the film so they can get on WhatsApp. Like it's just like so pertinent to 2019 to the point where it's just like, wow, you know, um, it's also really nice that like this is a modern movie that actually gets how people use technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it, it 
does not feel forced at all. It's really natural the way that it's used, considering well, we have movies like Countdown in theaters right now. <laughs> well, Countdown, I mean, it, a movie that definitely was supposed to get made a decade ago. Like oh, the oh. fact that I, I'm still blown away. I'm by still this. looking forward to seeing it, though. The fact, no that, the, the, fact that the tagline for that movie is "Death." There's an app for that. Genius. Oh, that movie. A it's fucking perfect. reference to an ad campaign from a decade ago. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, so like, you know how they say like life, there's an app for that, you know, maps, there's an app for that. What if, what if, listen to me now, million dollar idea, death, there's an app for that. And then the guy's like, oh shit, yeah, we're going to sell this. And then they did, and it took them a decade to get it into the theaters. Brian, your genius is unparalleled. Here are my keys. Go fuck my wife. <laughs> Which is still my favorite letterbox review to date. <laughs> what is that? Oh from? man! Yeah, what was it a review for? It was a review for Passengers, where the <laughs> like, like, what do we call this character who was like woken up from her sleep by a handsome dude she loves? Uh, Aurora. Aurora? Carl, your genius is unparalleled. Here are my keys. Go fuck my wife. <laughs> Ryan, you don't even remember your genius. I didn't here, write that. Here, here I is. have never seen Passengers. Oh, you never saw that? No. Wow. Oh, it's it good? terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I've laughed too much. I've begun yeah, coughing. We, we should get to uh the end of this movie. <laughs> the murders? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> First we of all, for so long. <laughs> just 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 crazy um uh, yeah so uh, he uh he gets his the, the the rock that we haven't talked about at all nope scholars rock <laughs> he he gets uh he gets his uh fucking head crushed with it um sort of he lives but uh everyone gets yeah, stabbed in the way how does he live I was very I, I, confused when he Well, did. he's he's not exactly fully uh fully there. He's got a joker laugh. Yeah, he's got a joker laugh. Holy shit. Oh god damn it's it. Just like that movie, Joker. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, so anyway, um <laughs> I don't know how he lives. Uh I mean, he's got a skull, you know. I don't know. <laughs> it, it it and and the rock like hits him on the top of the head. You know, it's not like it crushes his face in. No. Yeah, totally. I, I, I've definitely I've definitely seen some people die in much more like very specific ways. So yeah. he he surving was definitely like, oh, you didn't actually see his skull like collapse. But everyone who gets stabbed in the chest in this movie dies. Yeah, sure. These people are great at stabbing each other in the chest. (laughs) You know, the mom gets sliced up a bit. The son gets uh, his head stove in, but uh, you get a knife to the chest. You're going down. How about a skewer to the side? Also takes you down. (laughs) I love that the dog is just eating the hot sausages. I mean, wouldn't uh, you if you were a dog? Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Carol. <laughs> yeah, I, I Stop agree. Stop shaming that poor He's a dog. Good boy. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no, I I love I love to the the basement man who we who we never 
we never even mentioned the scene where we found out that the young boy's trauma was seeing him sneak upstairs in in a terrifying scene where his head peeks. Yeah, that actually was deeply disturbing. (laughs) Yeah, like like as much as like that kid is a dipshit and I hate him and he smells, uh, I would also be hugely traumatized from that. Because he's like, there's something about the shape of that man's head. (laughs) And also the fact that, again, it's like you're seeing like the nose up and his eyes are just so wide. Bong said in the interview that that was the hardest role to cast. And then he eventually found this guy in an indie movie where he was a drunk the entire film. And he thought that was memorable. That tracks. And casted him. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense I could, to me. I could see it. Yeah, but, no, I get it. <laughs> yeah, like, this is something that I wanted to bring up, but then we got... Sidetracked. We got told <laughs> to so many tangents and gags about 30 Rock and the best yes. man's game. But, um, like, the thing that I mentioned earlier, which winds up, like, informing the climax of this movie, which is that, like, the basement family feels like supremely grateful to the parks and is like the the man in the basement even like worships Mr. Park like a god <laughs> and it speaks to like the different levels of social climbing which is that the kims are like oh the rich people are just another rung in the ladder dispensable so that we can get up at the top whereas the basement family is just no we're happy where we are just let us like stay here let us stay in this basement the part where moon guang says please let us let him like stay in the basement like you can just feed him like some melons like every like every two days a week or something and they're they're trying to negotiate a deal where the where the new housekeeper can still live there but has to feed her husband every two days of the week like they don't even have it in their mind to climb up the ladder they're just like they are like completely content with living below the rich that's so disturbing when you think about it because it's like oh we're grateful for any little crumbs that our dear leaders give us like that kind of mentality that we get like it becomes like a kind of ideological battle between these two families of like how they deal with their own poverty and that's something that bong in the arclight interview brought up which was that he was most fascinated by the relativity of class in this movie where you meet the Mm -hmm. kims and they're poor and then like the basement families introduced they're even poorer pretty much and they actually like they see the kims as like more well off than them which is really fucked up considering the Kims, their living situation is not great, but it's true. But like, at least they, like, they have, have their have own the place, not a basement yeah, that people like, don't know exists. For, for all intents and purposes, uh, the basement family might as well be homeless. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, so the, it, the, the woman clearly is now. Yeah, exactly. Well, actually, and, she's, yeah, she's dead. She's <laughs> She's off in the great home in the sky now. Ah, the what? great bunker in the sky. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't she actually buried in the in the garden. lawn? 
Yeah. Yeah, in the garden, yes. Yeah. Um oh that's that's well, okay, so that, we, we that, should wrap up. And I think it's interesting that this movie ends with like one day hopefully I become rich enough to own that house so that I too can live like above the law and not care about reality. A real moving scene too. I yeah. I, I will say yeah, that that we're not going to have to sneak shot. you out. We're not going to have to do anything. I'm going to own that house, and you can just walk on up. Like you're that not going to be the husband in the basement. I think elevated it from being like a pitch perfect like clockwork contraption was that epilogue. Like any other, like if this were an American studio movie, and the rest of the movie was still just as good, like the studio would be shave off that epilogue. Like, just like, just don't even bother. Just have it end in like a very like ambiguous, maybe not ambiguous, but like maybe in a more like crowd pleasy, like in brief and brisk kind of note. And instead you get this really like mournful, like elegiac kind of rumination on everything that transpired where like even after all of that, uh, the son still has social climbing in his mind, but it's now like a completely different kind of thing. Instead of it just being about survival or like just he wants to be rich someday. It's just that I want to see my dad again. Yeah. And it's like that thing of like, oh, if I'm rich, I'm going to like help the poor. Like that's my fantasy. And then it winds up like existing in the confines of the movie as just that. It's just a fantasy. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Absolutely. It's like, how, how, how do I describe this? Someone stall for me while I try to gather up my thoughts. I mean, I think I think it's a very depressing ending. Um, it seems like some of y'all kind of thought it was maybe a good ending. Versus I think it's a great a, ending a to happy... the movie, but I don't find it to be oh, no, lifting. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's no okay. chance that he's going to ever Fuck no. rise to that no, level. No, too. he's screwed. He's he's doomed yeah. forever. I mean, yeah. he's yeah. I mean, even when he even when he left, he was like, you know, <laughs> I, I may have forged this uh, entrance thing to a university, but this is like I, I don't think of this as lying. Like, I will mm -hmm. go to university. I will go. Yep. But then he sure. gets there and he's hitting on a sophomore in high school, which, again, can't overstate how weird that is. Um, <laughs> And he's like, maybe I'll just get married to this broad. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, I, I think the other interesting aspect of that is that uh, that bunker, of course, opens from the inside. And so, like, from this point on, I'm thinking about how now he is the ghost that is in that house. Like, if, if that family ends up having kids or whatever, um, like, he is the ghost that will haunt that house. Um, he is the reason why... Oh, uh, yeah, it, it, they're Germans, right? And we find out that, like, they eat more than beer and sausage. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah, like, like, he's the guy that's going to basically raid their fridge, little bits and pieces here and there. Yeah, he's become the man in the basement. Even as, like, he was, like... Oh, like, what I love about that is that, like, because... This like these two families are like warring throughout the movie and it's like the empathy comes in that Kim Kite is Song Kang Ho's character, the dad, like he all of a sudden sees that he could be like the man in the basement. He's just like one step away from becoming that guy when he sees like him like try to like 
say respect to Mr. Park. And Mr. Park just shuns him with like how people from the subway have like a special kind of smell. Yeah. He just kind of like plugs his nose at him just because he can't even like fathom this guy being like a real person to him. He's just sure. a smelly homeless man, like this dude that he worships. So it's like as soon as like Song Kang Ho gets into that rampage of just I'm just going to fucking kill Mr. Park. I don't even care anymore. And then by the end, like he's now the man in the basement and he's now weeping like, I'm so sorry, Mr. Park. What have I done? It's it's fucked. It's depressing because it's. It's basically like uh, recently because I feel like this needs to be brought up before like this becomes like a gushing like love fest on this movie. Uh, Kelly Dong just published a really great, uh, more negative yeah, take on the movie. movie. Yeah. And how, like, the movie it has sort of a uh, depressed streak where it is directly diagnosing these issues but does not come up with a cure. And that's all up for debate whether you think that a movie is, like, obligated to, like, come up with some kind of solution to its quandaries or not. But I think, like, the most important thing about this movie is that even though it doesn't have, like, it it doesn't present, like, a way out of the societal trappings that these characters are in, because that's just, like, that would require, like, actually knowing, like, the the sort of cure for the soul sickness that is late capitalism. <laughs> but yeah, sure. um, Good job, yeah. But um, what it is is that it's still correctly – like the important thing that this movie does is that it correctly shows us the system where it shows how these two like people who should be um, – who should be teaming up together to overthrow this rich family, they never do that. It shows right. I that, think like, that even – just showing that is enough it's just like does this make yeah, sense like, no then don't do it it's like it's like i think the movie is a cautionary tale like and cautionary tales are cautionary because you you see like the ill of it for all that it is and i totally get what she's saying it's a really good piece you should read it if you haven't yet but um it's still like up for debate as far as like, oh, does this movie need to have like a direct answer? And I don't think that's true, but it, I think that it does have a direct point of view on this much more than the piece it has, is on credit. It has something to say, right? And I mean, and like, that, yeah, that it cautionary has tale is, is that, definitely like what the piece there. tries to uh, say is that. It contributes to the malaise of like, oh, there's nothing that can be done. And that's why, like, it's a very defeatist ending. And I could totally see that. That's a complaint that could easily be levied on this movie is that the ending is very tragic and one can argue defeatist. Well, it's like the ending of uh, Snowpiercer. (laughs) Mm. Yes. It's like, yeah, we've destroyed the machinery. Oh, there's but, a polar bear. But I, I think the I, I think the other comparison she makes, uh, Carol, correct me if I'm wrong. I think this is the same piece we're talking about. But it's memories of a murder, for instance, which also you know puts the problems with uh, 
you know, with systems under the microscope, but also is willing to say, you know, both sides of that system are fucked. And I think that something about what that Kelly was trying to say, uh, I'm not trying to speak for her, but just what I got from the piece was that there's something a little bit ultimately cowardly about how it kind of lets off the parks. They're not likable, but there's something, you know, there's something potent in what we're talking about in the sense of, uh, of, you know, the Kims and the basement family fighting right under them. But the parks do kind of end up collateral and it makes sense from a narrative point of view, but less, it's less uh, satisfying as a metaphor. Like I, I think – I don't think it gets into you know problematic territory of like us for instance. Yeah. Us? Yes. Us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not, not us but the movie Us. Yeah. No, we're pretty uh, problematic. <laughs> I can see like – the weird thing is I never felt like the parks were let off the hook. I think like – Yeah, I don't see that either. I, I thought that they were very much portrayed as scumbags that even when they don't know that they're contributing, they are like directly benefiting from this system. And also just the fact that they're playing weird like poverty play in their sex, in sure. their sex lives, like stuff like that where they fetishize the poor to the point that it almost turns on because it's just that foreign to yes. them. Like I definitely don't feel that it does let the parks off the hook. Especially with a line like, "People who ride the subway have a special have a special kind of smell." smell. Yeah. yeah, like that's like as damning a line as I can think of. But it's just a matter of like the fact that um, it is showing that this family is still remorseful. But that's because they've he's, been conditioned. He's talking I think that's about. One of, he's talking about Kim. I just realized this. He's talking about Kim, like Agent Smith talks about humanity in the Matrix. <laughs> it's the smell. <laughs> oh god <laughs> the stink of it yeah but but yeah it's it's like it's important to show that like he like that he brought up this system of oh god i'm so sorry like i this was a lot more organized doesn't in my agent, head and then we got on all these tangents <laughs> doesn't agent smith call uh humanity a parasite no virus Ah, damn it. <laughs> oh, that would have been good. That would have been good. But um, I, I, I think you I, I think because, there like, is that's a... the thing. Like the thing is that Kim. Yeah, this is what I was going to say. Kim killing Mr. Park is the revolutionary thing that Kelly Dong's piece wanted is that like it's something that would have like animated him. And yes. then like as soon as he does that. It's like, well, what's after that? And then, like, by the end, it's like, all he can do, all that's left for him is to go back into to the To crawl basement. back. Yeah, yeah. Into the very place that, like, he was supposed to have shunned when he killed Mr. Park. But then it's he realizes that there's nowhere else left. And that's just how it's designed. Like, the system is designed so that you do not succeed the uprising. I think that's sure. still important, even if it is very defeatist. It's very fucking depressing, but it's still important to show that that's a thing. So I totally get 
why is she saying that? And it's definitely like if there is any criticism that can be levied at this movie that I would agree with, mm-hmm. it's that. It's just as far as like how much that's a make or break with you and your personal reading of the movie. And I personally think that makes the movie powerful. But that's me. That's my taste. So one thing one thing that I found interesting, I was listening to an interview with uh, with Bong and they were talking about how right now, because of that explosion of wealth in South Korea, a lot of the people that are rich have suddenly found themselves rich. Right. This family money, money. Well, there is no old money. That's the point. Right. It's all new money. And so all of a sudden there's just a ton of people with a bunch of new money. And one thing that they mentioned, the wife mentions that they've had a couple of or lately they've made a lot more money than what they used to. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's part of the reason why they moved into this house. Right. Like I think they've been there for three or four years. Right. And so they moved into this house because all of a sudden they recently became wealthy. Right. This is this is not their typical house that they've had as a family unit for the for the most part. Right. But already they are putting their nose up at people that ride the subway, which I'm sure how do they know what people that ride the subway smell like without having ridden the subway? It's because they actually rid rode the subway for a while, right? Like they are a very Back in their upward, bohemian days. <laughs> yeah, they are a very upward mobile family that has just kind of caught on. And you know, hmm. I, I keep hearing about how there's all of these people that like okay so if you're poor you're going to be poor for the rest of your life period no ways around it right and in america the system of capitalism specifically is definitely against you kind of you know uh picking you up by the bootstraps or picking yourself up by the bootstraps but it seems like korea specifically doesn't have that because so many people have explosions of just wealth all of a sudden but that being said that means that a lot of people will get really rich really quick and just say well fuck everybody else why didn't you get rich you know Mm -hmm. and that's what kind of happens in capitalism with a relatively new explosion in the economy is sometimes, you know, because there is that that lack of old rich, right, there is no guiding principle of how you're supposed to act and how you're supposed to kind of look backwards and kind of respect where you come from and all of this other shit, right? They're just like... Mm, I don't know. I got $30 million now and I used to live off of $50,000 a year. Right. And so all of a sudden they're just like, fuck, like, I don't care about anything. You know, um, I don't care about my social climbing friends or the, the neighborhood that I left behind and all of this other shit. Like, like the fact that like, they have to like keep the firings of each of the real reasons for their firing those old like help and that they had secret from each other kind of shows just how ashamed they are 
of all of this. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's because they are recently rich, right? They they are not used to this. You know, I think academically, I, I, I agree. There certainly are details there, but I, I still think there's something that's a little bit sketch-like to me about the parks. I, 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 I never felt they were quite uh, lived in enough or got a sense of that history. Um, I, I, I think, think that I think Park kind of has it, but I would agree that the 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 wife's performance can be read as sketch like. Oh, you would say over the husband. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The husband hmm. read to me as like a very realistic version of like a rich dirtbag who's not even like cartoonishly evil. He's just very just kind boring. of a dick. <laughs> He's just kind of a dick. Yeah. He's not even like a overwhelmingly like over the top dick he's just kind yeah, of because he's a not dick. talking shit to, to mr kim to his face you know i don't think he'd oh, ever sure. say t- i mean he he doesn't like he hangs out with him he has him do the yep. the indian thing and um you know he never once says like oh, God. by the, the way the for indian fuck's sake could we didn't you even shower? get into the weird like indian thing oh well yeah. that's that that's all the american shit where everything from america <laughs> Everything from America is fucking awesome, and including our arrowheads that you get from Native Americans, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) Which definitely came from China. uh, Another instance of a people who were were living somewhere, and then another group of people come in and start to invade the space and infiltrate it until, like, the (laughs) others aren't left. Yep. They definitely focus on uh, a uh, oh no, I'm I'm mixing in Watchmen, which focused on a, a painting of Native Americans <laughs> yeah, last night. Sorry. Hey Bill, if um, I can keep my Watchmen thoughts separate from my movie <laughs> thoughts, you can do it too. I'm sorry. Um but I did want to mention one other thing. Uh I don't understand what the fuck was going on with uh it, it it's Mr. Park and his reluctance to say that he loves his wife like unconditionally. Oh yeah, he's like, like yeah, let's call it that. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck, dude? Like, what's going on here? I don't understand. Um, well, I think yeah, I think that kind of goes. I, I mean, the way I interpreted that is, I think that to an extent, he views his wife as a kind of a trophy wife, and yeah. there is a. I, just the He's way like, I value her, but I wouldn't know if I love her. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like I, and I think you could interpret that in a number of ways, you know, whether you want to point to tradition, whether they, you know, I, I mean, I guess we've kind of established that they're potentially new money, but you know, th- there's still a possibility that, you know, they could have gotten together for their families or whatever you want to do. But I, yeah, I, See, those things I do like because they feel kind of like grace notes to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I, still I don't not know. enough. Still no, not I, enough to, to convince Michael. Michael's not convinced, y'all. I know. I, I, I think <laughs> two things, hours. I think the things like Subway smell or, or the smell, <laughs> not the sandwich place. <laughs> <laughs> um, like the smell of the Subway. I, I just think that some of those things are they're they're potent but they also just feel a, a little bit easy uh, to but me still top uh, 10 of the year material 
Oh man. All right. Let's, you let's said die. it. <laughs> yeah. I, I can find problems with anything. What do you want from me? Um, yeah. My final thoughts are, I, I like this movie. It's, it's clever. It's moving at different points. I just perhaps think it's too clever. Michael Snydell, he could be upset about finding a $20 bill. <laughs> well, what if it was on a 50? <laughs> <laughs> what? Right. Well, oh, I found a 20. I couldn't find a 50. It doesn't have a yeah. corner. What if, yeah. what if Capitalism. To take it. <laughs> All right. Let's. Yeah, let's let's finish this. Does everybody have last thoughts? <laughs> I'm I I think I'm I think I'm done. <laughs> he's he's mentioned Frasier enough in this episode. So yes. I think Bill the real Carol. parasite was society. <laughs> and the fact that we live in it. I think it's still the friends we made along the way. Oh, I hate you all. <laughs> so one thing that I'm really curious about is is Bong Shu Ho at this point fairly wealthy. Like he's he is definitely like one of the top uh South Korean filmmakers, is he not? Like as as especially as far as like money. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The fact so, that he even got to do a Hollywood production is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two of them, right? Okja and and Snowpiercer. Does Okja yeah. count? That, that Netflix money be flowing, bro. Fucking I don't know what you're talking movie, about. So I try yeah. not to think yeah. about it. Yeah. No, I didn't like it either. But uh, that that Netflix money is strong. So true. Yeah. All right. I, I don't any, that's, any that's, final that's, thoughts on uh, Parasite before we wrap up? Uh, the dog does not die, thankfully. <clears throat> that is true. Play this? It's, it's run a little long, Brian. We've run really yeah, long. No, I'm going to ask. No, that's that's the, the question. I'm just going to say it. Does the dog die? No, it doesn't. The top comment says all the dogs survive and one eats a delicious sausage. They're inferring a lot there by calling it delicious. I mean, it looks like a pretty good sausage. There's a question on here. Are there ghosts? <gasps> Uh, technically by the one by the like the kid he he has a seizure again because he's the only ghost ghost this movie's haunted by is the ghost of capitalism (laughs) (laughs) i'm not even gonna tell you what they thought yeah, I don't, I don't really care. Let's yeah. let's on this. Yay. So that's our thoughts on Parasite. It's out in theaters now. Go check it out. Uh, it's a hit. I think that this filmmaking $4 million already makes it a hit. It's per screen average is good. No one listened to what Michael Snydell is saying. Um, it's good enough to be in my top 10, you fucker. It's just not good enough to not get, you know, nits picked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Michael, I just want to say, you know, we love you, right? No. Okay, that's fine. Um, much like Mr. Park would not say that he actually loved his wife, I will ask that question, but then not affirm when you say no. So, um, that's it for today. Uh, don't forget that we are brought to you by Mubi, and you can get a free 30-day subscription of Mubi by going to mubi.com slash filmstage. Again, that's mubi.com slash filmstage. 
It is October. Dario Jenner's Bloody October is still happening, so make sure to check out all that great stuff. MUBI.com slash filmstage. Go to patreon.com slash the filmstage show to give us your money. And um and yeah, that's uh that's about it. Uh look for a give lot more episodes. Give us your money or we're gonna record even longer episodes and there's nothing you can do about it. And it, it will just be purely <laughs> tangents. Um <laughs> Oh, what was I going to say? I can't remember now. Uh, well, yeah, uh, we have a lot more episodes coming in the next couple of weeks. We're going to try to knock out some classics. Our next episode is on The Lighthouse. Yeah, and then other things. Deep in secrets, are ye? <laughs> Tell me how good my lobster is. You liked to be lobster, didn't you? <laughs> Anyway, uh, there's a good line about a right steak. Now. Yeah, yeah. There's I haven't a, the, seen this movie. The movie's great. Um, I think, Carol, you and I are the only ones who've seen The Lighthouse, right? Yeah, I am kind of cool on it. I I don't know. I'll ha- I need to think on it more. But <laughs> I, mm. I was but I I do very much enjoy all of the seafaring lingo and memes that have come out of it yes and i just can't wait to try to have a podcast about this movie it's gonna be great Great. um so that's it uh the lighthouse is our next episode like i said there could be some classics in between now and then or afterwards uh but let's uh, tell the fine people at home where you can be found between now and the next time carol grant well you could find me spilling my beans (laughs) at carol grant twitter.com slash Carol Avery Grant, C-A-R-O-L-A-V-E-R-Y-G-R-A-N-T. And remember, if you have ever put a high school girl on the back burner to ask her out once she got to university. I will block you. Make sure to tweet at Carol. Um, oh my. I will block you like no second guesses. Oh man. Poor anime. Just respond with the words. Carol's I mentions did it. are the are the girl smoking the cigarette on top of the toilet with the shit trying to come through <laughs> right now. That's every day, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm sure Willow would have something to say about this girl. <laughs> you would say go to bed. <laughs> Uh, all right okay. uh bill graham uh you can find me on twitter at cable bfg you can also find me mixing it up on the slack channel uh i i've i've run out of witty things to say i've said plenty already so have, have you, at it have you really yes yes you Thanks, think you've been Brian. a wit <laughs> <laughs> all right michael snydell you can find me liking uh, critically adored uh, can winners uh, on Twitter at at Snide Owl. Um, yeah, you know what? There's another podcast for me coming this week. Uh, me and Max O'Connell. Max, being a crazy person, watched like 15 movies. I watched like 12. So we'll talk about that on uh, the Chicago International Film Festival podcast, which, you know what? I'm going to say it here. I'm going to say it will be up on Thursday morning. Don't hold me to that at all, please. (laughs) Um, You can find me asking myself, how did I get here on Twitter? (laughs) At Brian J. Rowan, my personal site is brianjrowan.com. 
Uh, I'm, uh, I'm everywhere. If you find another person on any website using the handle Brian J. Rowan and it's not me, I will be shocked. I will send you one shiny nickel. You have to pay for the postage for the nickel, though. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, oh, yeah, you can find every that. episode of this here podcast uh, at thefilmstage.com. And uh, if you do that and you listen to them all, I will send you two shiny nickels. Anyway, that's it for this week. Tune us in. <laughs> Tune in next week when we talk about the lighthouse, ladies and oh. gentlemen. Thank you so much. Tune in next time. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was.